Welcome to Critical Thinking Required, hosted by LBW. Our goal is simple. We want to challenge you to think differently about finance and business. Join us and start the journey today. Welcome back to Critical Thinking Required. Uh, you're here with myself, Tim Bickmore, and my two colleagues, Dan Weiss and Nathaniel Leach. Today, we are going to talk about taking advantage of the current situation we are in. So obviously, we have a lot of clients that have reached out to us and asking questions about you know, scenarios where they you know, can take advantage or can look at different ways of either getting money into the market because prices are low or looking to refinance their mortgage because interest rates are now low. So it's been a lot of good conversations we've had with a lot of different clients. And we really just want to hit on that topic a little bit further today. So first off, I'm going to kick this one over to Dan. Uh, Dan talks to our clients probably the most and communicates back and forth. So Dan, what are we seeing for you know, questions about getting into the market or refinancing mortgages or buying private equity? You know, what have you seen thus far? Well, I'm going to purposely ignore the obvious one that I think, uh, I think Nathaniel um, and you, Tim, could, could really stress on, which, of course, is the, the market one. Uh, it's not the only opportunity that, that we see in situations like we're in now. So uh, Tim mentioned a couple. Uh, I'll pick on a couple of those that maybe are a little bit off the beaten path from, uh, from the mainstream question that, we are, that we're going to explore, that, we, that we're getting. So one of which is, Tim mentioned refinancing. This, when you have an economic downturn, uh, really could be a great situation for you to restructure your debt not just in a house, but it could be auto debt, um, any kind of debt, you might be able to find favorable rates. What's been interesting in the last really week and a half, two weeks, is that uh, there's been a refinance boom, which we would expect as the Fed continues to cut rates down to zero. We're seeing people jump on that as they should consider and, and refining their home. Uh, rates have actually increased from the week before that statement was out due to that kind of demand. So it could very well make sense to consider and lock in a longer term at a lower rate than you have right now, but there's a little bit more to that, that piece of the pie. It, it also may not, may not make sense the original deal you're looking at because we have to consider other things like cash flow, which is really important in a period of time where job security isn't really what it once was a couple months ago. So, um, but something to consider. Another consideration that we're seeing a lot of and hearing a lot about is the idea of doing a Roth conversion on your IRA, which again, is a great thing to explore because it makes sense where if we have depressed values in your IRA compared to what they were before we saw this slide, to take advantage of that because if you convert your IRA, meaning you take a traditional IRA that you're going to owe taxes on at some point, you pay the tax consequence now to make it into a Roth. That way, you've got hopefully years, if not decades, where the growth that's going to occur inside of that now Roth IRA will be tax-free. A huge advantage to people. Why is now the time to, do, to consider looking at that? Again, because your values are lower, so you're going to pay a smaller tax consequence 
because it's being taxed on that value, which was higher a few months ago. Again, though, more complicated than uh, what it may sound, because if we're talking to an individual who's underneath the age of 59 and a half, of which those are the people that are going to get the most advantage from a technique like this, you have to understand that to avoid the 10% IRS panel penalty and converting that, it means that you need to come to the table with cash on hand, of which, of course, many people don't have, or else you're going to pay that penalty. So something to consider, but you have to be in the right place to take advantage of an opportunity, which is always the case to take advantage of an opportunity. For time's sake, I'll leave it at just those two, and we can go back to more if we have time. But I'm going to throw it back to you, Tim, and I'm going to ask, what is the, the, the number one question that we're being asked as far as what should be taken advantage of and how? Yeah, I, uh, I think my favorite question as of the last two weeks, uh, that question really is, is what stock should I be buying? And it totally makes sense why clients have, have asked us that question, because when a crisis like this happens and people do feel like the economy is going to recover in a quick manner, um, if you think it's going to be a, you know, a, v, a V recovery, a U recovery, if there's an L recovery, as we've stated before in other um, episodes, we have no idea what it's going to be. And no one really does at this point, but people are feeling that the economy will come back. So our younger clientele have been looking at, okay, well, what stocks can I buy that are so depressed due to the um, COVID-19? Um, a lot of it is travel, or if you're looking at, for example, you know, casinos or looking at Zoom, right? Because everyone's going now to telecommunication. So looking at opportunities where they're going to see a lot of demand and growth right off the bat. Um, but the interesting thing is clients will ask us that question. And usually what we'll go back to is we'll say, well, you actually already are buying stocks. So look at your 401k, look at the investment accounts that you may have. Now you may not be buying individual securities, but you may be buying into an ETF, an index fund, you may be buying into a mutual fund, and all those contain individual securities at different levels. So for example, if you were to break out our mutual fund portfolio, you know, you could be owning Anheuser-Busch to Berkshire Hathaway, and some of these companies that may be at a good price. And if you're making consistent contributions to those accounts, you're buying them on the way down as the market has fallen, which is great because that's do um, dollar cost averaging downward, which is, which is a great thing to do. So it's funny because clients want to buy into stocks, but it, they, they already are through multiple avenues. And it's just, you know, I, I would ask people just to make sure that you're conscious that it is happening. Now, if you have cash outside of your 401k and you, you're maxing your 401k and you've done all the steps that we really recommend, which is emergency fund, short-term to medium-term goals, maxing out all qualified accounts, and then you have money left over that you can play with, then yeah, if you want to open up an individual account and you want to buy some securities, great, you can do that. However, which actually really leads me into to pitching this over to Nathaniel is, what should you be buying? You Should you be buying Zoom? Should you be buying, you know, uh, Win Casino? Then that question really for me goes back to Nathaniel. And Nathaniel, could you just tell us a little bit about how you approach it? Now, you are a portfolio manager, so I'm curious to hear your thoughts and your process when it comes to these kind of dips in the market and taking advantage of such. Yeah, sure. Uh, so the way that we approach these kinds of dips is it's not actually done right now in the moment. Right now is not when we're getting our act together, getting a playbook in place, finding individual companies to buy. We're actually doing that 
since we opened our doors. We're actually uh, creating watch lists of companies that, that we understand, that uh, we believe have competitive advantages, that have great management. And then hopefully one day they'll be selling at prices much lower than their intrinsic value. So we've been doing this since uh, day one when we opened our doors. So all of that prep work is now coming into play uh, as we look for those, look at those securities on our uh, on our watch list. We look at the securities that we're currently invested in, and and then we start to execute. So when we look at the companies that are on our watch list, these are companies that the first filter is always do we understand what the company does and if we don't have a complete grasp like we we understand what this company does it's within our circle of competence we have a, a reasonable idea of where it's going to be 10 years and maybe even more it's only then that we're going to continue down our filters and move on to the second which is, does this company have a competitive advantage? So I wanna hit back on that first filter, which is really quite key. So to use an example, uh, when you look at a company like, say, Amazon, yes, I underst we understand it's a, it's a retail company. Uh, it's, uh, its profit is primarily driven by uh, its AWS segment, and it is a growth behemoth over the last few decades. And it's a very com commendable company. Uh, it's run, being run by Jeff Bezos. He's, got, he's a solid capital allocator. He's done wonderful things with Amazon over the years. But I can't say that we 100% understand Amazon. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. What the, the greatest investors throughout history have always been investors who understand what they're invested in. Warren Buffett himself has said uh, when he dies, he wants his, uh, the amount of money that he's gonna leave to his wife to be left uh, to index funds, to be managed in index funds. And that's because there are very few investors that truly understand what they're doing, what they're investing in, understanding where those companies are gonna be 10 years from now, will, can you reasonably say the company that you're investing in is gonna be around in 10 years? And I'm not saying that with regards to, will it be acquired in, in 10 years or more? I mean, there's no way of knowing that. What is key is knowing if that company is gonna be here in 10 years, and that is it gonna be, go, is, it, is there a chance, is there a, a probability, no matter how small, that it is not going to be going bankrupt? or having to liquidate, or something's gonna come out of left field and smack that company out of orbit. It is the ability to understand your downside is where great investors are born. I'll kick it back to you, Tim. That was good. And I, I think that what's interesting about that is, again, going back to a concept we talk about quite a bit, circle of competence, right? What are you competent in? And we usually do talk to clients, um, and Dan, you can chime in here too if you'd like, about um, you know if they're in an industry, right? If they really know tech, if they really know media, because they live it, they breathe it, they eat it, 
day in, day out. Maybe it's entertainment, maybe it's sports. Um, that's really where you want to start looking at your opportunities. And the crisis may not have created opportunities in your circle. It just may not have, like, right? And if you're looking at the price versus the value. And um, Dan, I'm kind of curious uh, from you, if a client has done all of our steps, right? Emergency fund, great. That's good. Qualified accounts, short-term intermediate term goals are funded. And they do have some leftover money. You know, what do we usually talk about or, or what do we usually promote um, for them if they want to invest their own money? Just, you know, if it's fun money or if they just want to give it a shot, what are we typically kind of suggesting from that standpoint? Well, I don't want to use the term we actually use for that um, because uh, it's, uh, it's, it's maybe not appropriate for, uh, for, for an audience, but I'll tell I you kind of what you're on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a certain point in time when you've got all these, these, these bucketed, there are other opportunities that let's say lie perhaps in um, private equity or maybe even public, um, public securities, but can have a more speculative bent, which again, that's not investing, that's speculatively trading, but you can do that. But we always really emphasize that if you're going to do that, it needs to be a very small segment of your overall net worth so that if you were to lose all of it, you really don't, you don't care. Now, that's me saying what we would normally say very nicely. You don't care. It's not going to, to break you. But if it does really well, great. Then you have um, then you have a situation where you're looking at asymmetric risk and you're profiting therefore. But keeping that in check from a weighting standpoint on your overall financials is really a, a very big deal. Which I think goes back to the, our last episode um, when we were talking, no, actually two episodes ago when we were talking about emergency funds, is that it allows you to be positioned, right? As Dan mentioned, asymmetric risk where you're investing maybe a small amount with a large amount of return on the back end, which would be fantastic. And it's kind of a cherry on top, but you're not planning on it. You're not banking on it. It's not going to buy you your new house. It's not going to fund your retirement. But if it does really well, it may make retirement a little bit sweeter, right? It might be the chocolate covering instead of a cherry um, and, and going through there. But we would still go back to, and I think Nathaniel would agree with me here, is that it, we want you to invest in things that you feel like you know. And I think Nathaniel, and correct me if I'm wrong, you also don't know the entire breadth of the market, right? You know a certain segment of the market or feel comfortable in certain segments, but others may feel different, correct? I, I know what I know and I know what I don't know. I think that the, the latter is the most important. I'm gonna interject and, and speak for Nathaniel because I love to do that anyways. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think he could have said something more beautiful there. When we talk about circle of competence, and you look at it as a bullseye, it's, it's people don't get in trouble with that center circle. They know that stuff. And they actually, they don't typically get that much trouble in the outer, most outer circle because people don't go there because they know they don't know it. Where they get in trouble is that very large middle circle where they think they know enough, but guess what? They didn't because they're human. And I think that for us, it is it is not just about finding a qualified investor that knows the stuff and making sure that person stays within that realm. You don't want that person diving into other securities they don't know just because they're sexy or because you're interested. You don't want that. That's a recipe for disaster that's only going to hurt you. What you want is you want to be able to know that people are sticking within that circle of competence. And if indeed there's reason to stick to have to have investments placed outside of that, 
that you're, you're adequately partnering up with other investors. We do that through a lot of our mutual fund managers that we also partner up with and, and put money that is not in-house managed money um, to work because we know that they have a different outlook, a different skill set, a different circle of competence when it comes to what they're looking at that actually would complement what we do. Where I get fearful in this situation is that, again, this is, this is, this is my own opinion, but I know that at least the two other people on this podcast share this with me, is that when we look at it from an industry whole, the industry is incentive, it has an incentive to try to, to act as if they are all-knowing with as many positions as they possibly can because that's how they get a sale. And, and that, at the end of the day, the sale is what, is what really is, is getting generated there, not necessarily the investment um, being caretaken for. So it's really easy to talk about Amazon because people talk about Amazon all the time and say, oh, I, I, yeah, it's a good stock. But, but, but why is it a good stock is not typically answered. Yeah, I would agree with that. Now, guys, this has been a really good one, and it's actually come up on our time because I know we're kind of trying to keep these nice and short. But as we always like to do, um, going around and talking about what we've learned today, who wants to kick us off? So uh, there is always an opportunity cost. And because we know that there's always an opportunity cost, we know there's always a con and there's always a pro. When considering that, even when we're looking at what looks like a slam dunk, whether it be a refi on a house, or whether it be a conversion, or whether it be getting into a particular uh, entity because it's 52-week, you know, high and low are where they are. Always remember that there's a con side and a pro side. And so if you do not fully understand that, sometimes it may look like the answer is known, but in reality, it's not what, it's not what it appears. Always, it does not hurt to reach out to a professional that knows that circle of competence, knows that arena, and check with them before you go ahead and make a move that might be uh, an irreversible move. Danny, what do you got for us? This is going to become cliche. I know it is, but the fact is this. Be rational. It, it just goes without saying. Be rational in what you understand. What you, what you know and what you don't know. I'm going to say again what I, I said previously. I know what I know and I know what I don't know. And I'll leave it at that. Nice and succinct. Nathaniel, I love your <laughs> the rational pieces is my favorite. Uh, my, my, the thing that I actually would take from this podcast might be a little bit off the beaten path, but it just amazes me as we continue to do these podcasts how much our financial planning practice and our investment management framework really mirror each other in a lot of ways. Um, you know, we talk a bunch about margin of safety, circle of competence, knowing what you know, and we speak about that very, artic or very articulately through our investment management process, but really financial planning, we're doing the same thing, right? You know what you know, that means you know your income, you know what you're doing, you know where you're going to be in the next 12, 24, 36 months. We build in a margin of safety through emergency funds. We make sure that we get after tax advantage accounts through qualified accounts. And then when we have money left over, that's when you can start trying to take advantage of maybe individual positions, as Dan mentioned, that five to 10%. It really is always planning to make sure that your known, which is your sustainability over your lifetime, is secure and is working for you. And then start playing with the money outside of that. That's what then can build on that cherry on top, like I mentioned. Um, so it's just, it's just it, it warms my heart to know that we, our framework is really as a firm is tied together 
from really all aspects of what we do. Um, but again, thank you for all our listeners listening to three guys talk about the stuff that they love. Uh, guys, that was an excellent ending to a, a good podcast. And I look forward to talking to you guys soon and look forward to having our listeners listen to us. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to start your journey of thinking differently and listening to LBW talk about stuff they love. Until next time. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual on any specific security, on any specific broker-dealer or custodian. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments, broker-dealer or custodian may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. All opinions expressed by podcast participants are solely their own and do not reflect the opinion of Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management, LLC. Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management, LLC is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management, LLC, and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management, LLC unless a client service agreement is in place.